Okay, everybody, welcome to the first episode of Booze and Ghouls. Um, I like that. You just did the little sign-off thing. That was cute. Oh, that was Alana from uh, Broad City. <laughs> so, okay, so this is a podcast about the paranormal, conspiracy theories, and a little dash of true crime, probably. I'm Alana. I'm Leanne. And we are best friends. <laughs> 100% best I don't know friends. why I like giggled like it wasn't true, like we're just pretending to be friends for the podcast. No, um, we've known each other since third grade. I know, but also, I feel like I have to explain, we weren't friends the whole time. No, we really didn't become friends until... Until like... Senior uh, year of high school, maybe? Of high school, I feel like. And then we just got closer after graduation. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I feel like I'm trying to think of, I know one of the early things we bonded over was watching Supernatural. Yes. That that makes a lot of sense as to where we are now. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. Where did you, when did you really like kind of get into like conspiracies and, and ghosts and creepy things like that? Mm. Is this well, I, um, I know that... I've always liked uh, learning about mysteries. I've always been a mystery reader. Even like I remember being young and like my mom still talks about this. Like I was young, young, probably like first grade. And my mom, we were in the library because my mom was a librarian like at where we went to school, you and I, but she's always been big on reading. And so she would be like, oh, you know, get a book. And I would be like, well, is this book like a real book? Like, is there a real killer at the end of it? Or is it like a shadow? Because, <laughs> you know, like the little kids books, it always ends up being like Scooby-Doo or something. You know, it's never like, like a real, like, well, Scooby-Doo's not a good example, I guess. But, you well, know, if we do, they always take off their mask at the end. And right, it's, like, it's never a real ghost. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, it wasn't a killer in your basement. It was the heater or whatever. <laughs> So I always used to, from a very young age, be, like, frustrated that that murder books or, like, crime books weren't real for little kids. And I used to, like, hate that. But a couple of years ago, I started listening to Kendall Ray on YouTube. Sorry, I just had a coughing attack. Um, and so I used to listen. To, I started listening to Kendall Ray a couple of years ago. And then uh, she does a lot of true crime, a lot of conspiracies. And then her and her husband started a podcast. And so I've really been listening to them uh nonstop really and then kind of got into some other ones what about you so I feel like when I was really little I was a, like a scaredy cat but I at the same time have always kind of had a weird connection to like the paranormal and mm -hmm. things that you can't see I remember one of my earliest memories was I was like had to be two years old because that was before that was when we were living in New Jersey with my grandma and we like stayed in her attic uh -huh. and, um I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked at the foot of the bed and I could see this like thing mm -hmm. it wasn't like a person but it, it was like an apparition and it was very shadowy and it was kind of undulating Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but I still think about that sometimes. Like, I remember waking up and seeing that and kind of being confused and going back to sleep, but because right. I was really little. And, crazy. like, other weird things like that, having experiences. I feel like we didn't talk about it a lot growing up because 
we were in the South and we were in a pretty conservative, like Christian environment and people didn't talk right. about a whole lot until um, our, our one history teacher that at that time was telling us about how his dad had civil war ghosts. And I, I, know, but I was like, I, so I, I, I started thinking about, I was like, huh, is it okay to believe in ghosts? And right, then like, when did like, this become okay? Yeah. So I feel, I feel like from that point on, I was like interested in That's things uh, because it's not just, it's not just like ghosts and stuff like that. I'm pretty into um, cryptids and and things mm-hmm. like that and just reading up on people's experiences and stuff because it's kind of one thing to be like oh this is an urban legend or whatever but when you read firsthand accounts of people and the things that they've seen and experienced it can be pretty convincing and interesting so right well and I think it's important too to note like you know growing up I think too the way we grew up a lot of people are like if you talk about ghost or whatever you're crazy or you're a crackpot or whatever the case is but you you know people who see these things these are like smart you know normal educated people they're not the crazy guy living you know in the rv you know in the middle of nowhere making meth or whatever so (laughs) there are some of those too (laughs) fair enough (laughs) but yeah so i i mean i've definitely it's definitely opened my mind the last uh, couple years but yeah, so I've been listening to podcasts and watching shows and things like that too. And we figured, you know, why not start our own? Mm-hmm. So it's been a, it's been a couple years in the making. I feel that though we've talked about it for a while. Yeah, we have. We have. I'm excited that we're really finally doing this. Me too. Our favorite things: true crime, conspiracies, aliens, ghosts, and alcohol. And alcohol. Those are our favorites. I'm a thief with my Booze and ghouls because there's going to be booze involved. Always. And what are you drinking today, Leanne? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am glad you asked. So, you know me, I am a fan. I'm going to knock your socks off here. I really am. I was like dying to text you this earlier, but I didn't. So, <laughs> you know, I love a good Bloody Mary. I drink one every day. So, it helps me maintain this level of coolness that I have I drink one every day and well not every day but most days and I bought the McClure's uh Bloody Mary mix remember we bought those pickles when I visited you oh yeah 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 well we've been dying to try the mix but it's always so expensive so I'm like no 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 well I found it on clearance for $3.99 nice so I bought it and it is to die for do you like it better than the zing zang well, the only thing is, is that my sister and I tried it, had one last night and it's a little spicier than I would like it to be. Like the Zing Zang is a little less spicy, but the components for a beautiful Bloody Mary there are there. You got your celery, you got your salt, a little briny action. You got your tomato, you got a little pepper. I think I'm getting a little hint of a hot sauce, but I think there's some peppers in there that are really giving it. Can I see it? Will you, just, will you show it to You me? may. it is it is really 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 and it's real salty and you know me i love salty so i really love it it's really good what are you drinking well today i'm a basic bitch and i got rosé hey you know what it happens giant glass but it is seven hilarious rosé that's the that's the brand i've never heard of it before but it's pretty good i'm I'm enjoying it Mm. refreshing on a nice warm day like today it looks very refreshing 
What's your favorite wine? Like, are you a red or a white well, person I'm, usually? I'm usually a red kind of gal, yeah. but I feel like most reds, unless they're sweet reds, you drink at room temperature. Agreed. So when it's hot out, I like to branch out into some of the whites or, or a nice rosé mm. because you chill those and then they're right. a little more refreshing. I do have, I did get another bottle of that um, Merlot that we had when you were here. Um, oh, good. And so I, I don't know when I'll have that, but I, it's it's waiting. Maybe maybe next week's podcast. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> we'll see. Right. I also have, I have other stuff up hand too, but now that I can get, now that I know I can get alcohol delivered to my apartment. It's a real game changer. It's, yeah, it is. It's a game changer. So I was using the one app, which is Drizzly, to, to get the alcohol delivered. Yeah. But, um, like Uber Eats just sent me a thing too that they're now doing alcohol. Delivery. I thought that they From did, but I wasn't part. sure. Yeah. So this must be a new thing. I mean, with quarantine and everything, people are like, we got to find a way to get the alcohol. Right. <laughs> like get it here and get it here snappy. <laughs> should we, should we get into our stories then? I'm really looking forward to hearing what you're going to talk about because I need a good, I need a good solid story. So here's the thing. This is actually our first episode, take two, because we did it when you were here and then decided that we weren't happy with the recording. (laughs) Um, I was very nervous. But I went first that first time. And I think that, so the second episode, you went first. So I'll I'll just, I'll just keep like the same. I'll go first again. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I felt like I had to explain all of that. Oh, good. That wine just looks so nice and cold. Isn't it? It's like, yeah, it's got the condensation you can see on there. My mouth is on fire. <laughs> I don't want to flick the side of that glass. <laughs> it's so spicy. It is. It is hella spicy. It sounds good, though. I like, I uh, like really, spice in my Yeah, I do, too. It was. Re- um, it is really good. I had um, a spicy margarita. I don't think so. Um, I think I'm allergic to tequila. Well, they do, like, um, I had a jalapeno one one time, and it was really good. You, you know what? I, you can totally delete this out later if it's, (laughs) if it's too much, but last year for our signature cocktail for camping, we did a um, drink like that and there was jalapeno in it and it was amazing. It had vodka in it. I believe it had vodka in it, but it was really, really, really good. That sounds good. Um, I'm not going to ask you to explain what the signature cocktail is because I know you do it in the next episode. Yeah, I do. (laughs) So I'm just going to let everybody know that they have to tune in. (laughs) Right. See? I'm just going to have to stay tuned if you want to know a fun fun that excitement. Cocktail and camping um, because that is a good story too. (sighs) All right. Well, we're going to get started with a little ghost story here for you. (laughs) That was me rubbing my hands together evilly. (laughs) My face was ugly. Don't look at it. (laughs) Don't look at me. But okay. <laughs> so I started with a story from my home state, which were Florida, where we both grew up. Mm-hmm. And my favorite place to visit in Florida, and the only place I've told my mom this on several occasions, but I'm like, <laughs> the only place I would consider actually living if I ever moved back to the state would be St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. Which is actually, the oldest city in the United States, established wow. in 1565. That's crazy. So it's hella old. Hella old. <laughs> And so it's also hella haunted because it's hella old. I bet. There's lots of ghost tours that you can do in the city, which some of them are really fun. And you can like get on, they have like a trolley kind of thing. And it takes you around the city. It's got like cobblestone streets and, you know, really that old world kind of vibe. 
and I think, I believe it's sinking. So if you want to go and check it out soon, <laughs> you should go soon because with oceans levels rising, um, that's insane. The whole city is sinking. Well, I think like the whole area of Florida, like the, the edge, like where you know the, I don't know, you know where they measure where the sea comes in, like the sea mm-hmm. wall or whatever they call that. It's been like rising and like stuff is eroding and so there's Yikes. no like and the okay so what I'm going to talk about is the Castillo de San Marcos, which Ooh. is the stone fort. Well, it's made out of coquina, but I'll get to that. The stone fort that's on the edge of San Augustine, right on the coast there, and I think part of uh, the like erosion and stuff has affected this area too. I remember oh, wow. reading about that, but the, don't quote me on it. Are you? <laughs> This is already not, did. Already wrote it down. Not, ready to quote you later. Change in weather uh, podcast. This is a podcast. So. But yeah, so if you want to go visit once once it's safe to travel again, I would. Well, check those, it that'll out. be nice. I can't wait for um, that. It's a national monument. Oh really? And you can buy a ticket and explore the fort. It's like open all day, and then some of the ghost stores that go around at night you can actually go on the grounds at night. Like they have permission to go on the grounds at night, not like inside, but like on the outside. So you can take pictures and see if you see So yes, the Castillo de San Marcos is the oldest fort in the contiguous United States. Construction began in 1672 because earlier in 1668, the British had sacked the town and all the wooden forts were destroyed. Like, I guess they burned it and stuff. So there were, they were like, we need something a little more sturdy. We're going to build this with coquina, which is a less cement-like substance that's made with shells. So if you go up and you look at the walls of the fort, you can see like the pieces of shells and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Have you ever been there? I don't know. Um, I've been to St. Augustine once in third grade. My parents took me and my best friend at the time, Natalie. And I do not recall any of that trip other than I want to say Alanis Morissette Ironic was the big hit because I remember that song Cursed. And I was like deathly afraid to say, I think he'd been waiting this whole, his whole damn life. (laughs) That's not even the worst one because she's the, because in, um, what's the other song? The other one, uh, you ought to know, she says the F word. That's a good song. <laughs> and I remember like, singing along with that when I was like in fifth grade, and everybody was like, "When you fucked her," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I can't <laughs> believe that." It was too. I was like my best friend. She said, "Like damn, we were like I think we were like the hotel in the pool," and she said it, and I was just like, oh, "I gotta cut this bitch loose." Like she was <laughs> bad news. <laughs> That's so funny. But anyways, I so I've been to St. Augustine several times, and I've been to the fort more than once. It scared me when I was a little girl. Oh yeah. But um in. 2013, shortly before I moved to Texas, my mom and I went again, and I have some Ooh. pictures from that time, which, when we have a website and stuff, which we don't at the moment, but we will eventually, I hope, mm-hmm. um, I can put some of the pictures up there, because it's it's really cool. There's little towers um, at the at each corner, because it has, it has three sides that are surrounded by a moat, and then there's a battery on the other side where the cannons and stuff are. And then the site itself is over 20 acres. So it's, wow. it's big. And it's, um, it's fun to go exploring. It's, you know, it's, it's like old and it's stone. So there's, it kind of smells weird in places. <laughs> when I was little and I went, there's this one room where you have to like duck under um, to get inside because the, the entrance is really short. 
I feel like I still had to duck even though I was like little and had oh, wow. finished growing yet. But if you go inside this room, it was like, I forget what they called it, but when they uncovered that room, they found just a pile of human bones in there. Oh, and it was like, I remember reading that on the plaque, because you know, like historical places, they have plaques up all everywhere. And I read that as a little girl, and I, and I looked around the room, and it was just kind of creepy, and I ran back out, and I was like, I, I never want to go back in there. <laughs> I could see a little Alana doing that, actually. <laughs> um, so I have a timeline here that I grabbed. Gotta love NYC. Always a good ambulance. Oh, yeah, the sirens. Sorry about that. <laughs> you don't have to solve me or sorry. I mean, you I make the crime. I can't control it, but the other <laughs> sirens. I'm not sure if that's police or ambulance, but we'll probably hear several as <laughs> this goes on. I like. Did you notice how you had to point it out, and I wasn't even like you didn't even hear it. When I had those fireworks that I sent a picture to my family when I was there. They were like, are those gunshots or fireworks? They're fireworks, but it's like, really loud. It could be either. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> In this neighborhood, who knows? No, I like your neighborhood. It's no, but cool. it is, it's a nice neighborhood. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so I have a timeline of the fort here. The first Coquina stone was laid in 1672, which I said that's when it started. And the fortress was finished in 1695. So okay. over 20 years it took them to wow. complete the fort because there were um, a lot of renovations and things they had to do, I guess, uh, things they had to add. Then in 1702, an English colonial force led by James Moore uh, laid siege to the fort. About 1,500 town residents and soldiers were, it says, I copied this from from a website, which I'll, I'll list at the end, but it says we're smushed into the fort during the two-month siege. So I'm Ooh. guessing they took refuge there. I don't think it right. means that they died, but it says smushed into, and I just think that's, that's funny. <laughs> 1740, it was attacked again for almost three months. They were trying to starve them out. There were 300 soldiers and 1,300 residents there, and the assault was a partial success, although the British forces under... The Georgia governor, James Oglethorpe, retreated after the campaign, um, but hundreds of people lost their lives during the siege, and twice as many died of cholera and starvation inside the fort. Mm -hmm. In 1763, the British gained control of Florida after the Seven Years' War in exchange for returning Havana and Manila to Spain, mm. and so it changed hands there. Then during the American Revolutionary War, the fort became a prison for hundreds of revolutionary fighters and was a prisoner of war camp for the forces of Washington captured in Charleston. Ooh. In 1779, the Spaniards declared war on Britain again, and they took most of the forts along the Florida coast. So I guess it changed hands back to Spain then. And then in 1783, the Treaty of Paris was signed and Florida fell back into the Spanish hands. In 1821, in the first bloodless exchange, according to the timeline, <laughs> Florida was bought by the United States and the fort was ceded as part of the bargain. So the states apparently called Castillo de San Marcos the Swamp Fox. Uh, oh. That was their nickname for it, for whatever I reason. love that. Um, and then for almost 10 years, the only action it saw was against roaming bands of pirates. Ooh, I love then the pirate. In, 
1837, during the Second Seminole War, Chief Osceola was taken prisoner while attending a peace conference under a flag of truce. He was imprisoned in the fort, and it actually was uh, served as a place, a prison for a lot of Native American forces over the years. And then later, which I read this was actually post-mortem because he befriended this doctor, Dr. Frederick Whedon, and they had like a friendship, but at the same time, it was kind of like the doctor never really respected Osceola Mm -hmm. because after he died, he uh, severed his head and then he kept the head, I think, and shrunk it, but kept it as like curios just for people to be like, hey, look at this Native American's head because, you know. That's a thing that right. white men did back then. Of course. Um, and so. White men are the worst. We yeah, <laughs> I feel like it came back. I feel like his head came back to the fort at some point as like, oh. because he was here. I don't know exactly what so happened. So weird. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not cool. <laughs> I almost promise never to cut off your head. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate Just it. almost. Because. <laughs> I mean, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, you never know what situation you're gonna get yourself into. Then, in 1861, Florida seceded from the Union, um, enjoyed the Confederates. Mm, in of course, they did. So the fort became a Confederate stronghold, and then the Union recovered the fort in 1862. Woo-hoo. For the rest of its history, the fort was used as a prison for Native Americans. Many of these prisoners were mm-hmm. in horrible conditions and died inside for Dias and Marcus. Among the captives were Chief Whitehorse, Greybeard, and Howling, Howling Wolf. Ooh. 1868, no, 1886 to 1887, approximately 491 Apaches were held prisoner at the fort, and more than a third of those perished. Then in 1898, over 200 deserters from the Spanish-American War were imprisoned at the fort. So it seems to have served as a prison for a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Kind of sad. And you can imagine the that the conditions were not very good, and people starved to death or died of disease. So yeah, that's it's got a pretty bloody and uh, violent past. And then I have a quote say that. here, but I don't have who said it. But I just have a quote. Did you say it? <laughs> um, I just it's in quotation marks, but I don't I don't remember like where I didn't attribute it to anyone for this run, but it says during the many years it took to build the fort a number of workers died due to hard labor tropical heat and diseases during this time of spanish control it is believed that a hidden room in the lower chambers was used as a torture chamber during the brutal spanish inquisition Ooh. i think the sirens really just sent the mood um, I think they do too as well. <laughs> until years later, the room was discovered when a heavy American cannon fell through the floor, revealing a room containing ashes and human bones, which may have oh, been the room that I was talking about that I went in when I was, right. like, who knows, because that's one of the things with this fort is that over the years, they have, that's a really long one. I'm sorry. What is that. happening there? <laughs> um, I don't, I can't see anything from like, my vantage point of my window, but I don't know. Some, just just open the window and yell fuck the police really loud. <laughs> just to see what happens. Exactly. Just to get your feelers out there. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so that's one of the things is that they found chambers that they didn't realize were there and when they open them up and excavate them, there's more human remains in there. That's, that's insane. Several times as they were, you know, going through the fort. Mm-hmm. 
So the possession of the fort changed hands several times. Like I said, you know, it went to the Spanish, then to the British, and to the U.S., and the Confederacy, and then back. But in 1924, it was declared a national monument and officially deactivated in 1933 after 251 years of military possession. Wow. So there are, yeah, there are quite a few ghost doors that stop at the fort. And I didn't personally see anything when I was on my tour, but they mm-hmm. did show pictures that people had taken there. And um, I do remember one of them that you can see, like, it's like an apparition in pirate's clothes. Ooh. I'm going to get to who that ghost may be in a little bit. Ooh. So these are some of the, the ghosts and sightings that they have at the fort. There are reports of Spanish sh- soldiers patrolling the grounds, phantoms of... It says a Seminole Indian leaping to freedom from a high fortress wall. Aww. There is another Spanish soldier who they see at sunrise and sunset standing at the edge of the fort, just like a sentinel keeping watch, I guess. Right. Um, lights shining in the watchtower on stormy nights. A shadow person who haunts the drawbridge. People often experience being touched. And cold breezes in the bowels of the fortress, phantom voices, and screams. Ooh. Osceola, who I mentioned earlier, who was one of the Native Americans who was held there for some time, is suspected to be one of the ghosts because people claim to see a headless apparition. And like I said, that he had had his head removed by that doctor. Um, so they think he might be one of the ghosts that haunt the area. And then, like I've said before, as they've gone through and excavated, many human remains have been uncovered in the fort. But one of the most interesting is they looked in the powder magazine and found a pair of skeletons, like, two together. Yeah. And people think that these are the remains of Dolores Marty, who was the young wife of Colonel Garcia Marty, and then also her lover, his captain. His assistant, who was Captain Manuel Abela, and the legend goes that um, he brought his young wife to the fort, and he apparently didn't treat her very well, so she caught the eye of the, his younger captain, and that they had started up an affair, and then one day he found out, and they both disappeared, never to be seen again, so they think that he killed them and put them, hid them in this room. That is awesome. Together, so people do say that they see a woman uh-huh. that, that haunts that area. I guess the powder magazine or whatever, and that they sometimes smell perfume. So they think that it's her. Mm-hmm. And then there was a pirate, Andrew Ranson, an English pirate, who was captured by the Spanish, and they tried to execute him at, at Castillo de San Marcos. They attempted to execute him in in 1684. By garroting, which I don't know if you've if you've heard of this one before, but like instead of regular like hanging people by a noose, they would take the rope and put it around the throat, and it was uh, attached to like a piece of wood, and they would twist the wood, mm-hmm. their neck would break, I guess. So fucked up. So they did they did this to him, put the rope around his neck. They had the piece of wood, and they twisted it five times. He's supposed to be dying, and then on the sixth time. The rope snapped, and he fell to the ground, but then they checked him, and he was still alive. So, like, the the people who were there, like, the holy people or whatever, I don't remember exactly what their title was, but they were like, no, this is a a miracle, this is a sign from God, you can't kill him. Yeah. So, 
they they decided to commute his sentence and they sent him to work on the fort because this was it was still being constructed at the time so he lived out well they there's not a lot of historical records of what happened to him after that but they let him live and supposedly he helped with the construction of the fort and then perhaps lived out the rest of his days there because people do say that they see the apparition of a pirate and they think that's crazy Uh, isn't that crazy that is really crazy that's one of the pictures that I saw when I was there and I was wondering if that was you know maybe that I saw him in the in the picture but it's really crazy because you can like the the coquina stones are like big blocks of stones and uh-huh. like a wall of it and I remember like some of the pictures that people take him just like shooting it directly at the wall and then there's just like this outline of a person that you can see hmm weird it's, it's hard to explain i'm sure it's online somewhere if you go look but right yeah, you can see like there was one someone had like a soldier and there's clearly like an outline of a gun and it's, it's oh crazy. my gosh that's crazy so one of the other things that i was going to talk about is the ghost adventures episode where they go to <laughs> love some ghost adventures so they, yes we like we like we like ghost adventures on occasion zach baggins and i'm gonna begrudge you a little zach baggins <laughs> from time to time i mean so they went there in season two, episode two. It's one of the earlier episodes from like 2009. And um, they go to explore the fort and they do some interviews with people around who live in St. Augustine, eyewitnesses and stuff like that. And a lot of them confirm a lot of the ghosts that I had listed previously about like the Spanish soldier that stands there at sunset. And I don't think they actually mentioned the woman or the perfume, which I thought was interesting that they didn't because I thought hmm. that that was a pretty cool story but I know that yeah. they, I think they have researchers that help them and so maybe they find out different information but okay so they actually got locked inside the fort and spent the whole night there you know that's their mm. thing you locked down from dusk mm-hmm. to dawn yeah. um, that's what it says in the intro <laughs> but yeah so I'm kind of jealous because I feel like having the run of the fort for the whole night would be really cool. That would be pretty wild. We could get a lot of evidence that way. So they did. They gathered a lot of evidence. They had uh, recorded several screams and disembodied voices that could clearly be heard on camera with, I don't know, with the enhanced audio or without, but there was, I know that some of it was like, they were just walking by and you could clearly hear something because you know sometimes they have to enhance the audio but uh-huh. it's clear uh there were exper- they experienced cold spots and then breezes in areas of the fort that had like no windows or ventilation because it's all like this stone coquina and some of it is it's kind of below i would say below sea level because it's several levels and then you go underneath so it's Sometimes it's a little chilly because it's stone. Right, yeah. It's a Florida and it's really hot. I was going to say, so yeah, it's still Florida. <laughs> cold breeze in this room with no ventilation. You're like, well, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. They also captured numerous EVPs, uh, electronic voice phenomena, with their recorders, including a creepy growl. So don't know what that is. There were unexplained footsteps. They caught on camera an apparition that appeared to be lighting a lantern. So this oh, was okay. cool. They were on the top of the fort, like where all the battlement stuff is. And I've been up there before. Like I have a picture. I have a picture of me as a little girl sitting on one of the cannons. It's really cute. Aww. But um, 
they did, so they were up there and it was nighttime and all you see kind of in the distance is you see this light starting to flick on you know like when they would they had gas lanterns and you mm-hmm. have to like to light something you'd have to strike it against something you know mm-hmm. so it was it was a light striking up then it goes full the light and then you can see the light bouncing as, as if someone's holding a lantern and walking so it looks like someone struck a light to light this lantern and then walks away with it. And That's they have crazy. that on camera. It's really cool. Like, if you watch the episode. Like, I'll have to watch that if one. If you were going to fake something like that, I don't really know how you would do it. It just looks right. It just looks so organic, you know what I mean? Yeah. And That's then, wild. Uh, they also were just kind of, I, think, I don't know if it was one of their static cams or whatever. Sometimes they'll just set up the camera and let it shoot. But there was ones where they were where the cannons are there's like cut out of the stone you know mm-hmm, yeah cannons go in these little sections and you could see flashes of light so like the cannons were going like off the cannons were going off so i don't know yeah, if that's like so a residual crazy. kind of haunting right usually there's people talk about residual versus intelligent like intelligent spirits if you ask them a question they'll be able to answer answer your question like they'll they know they're there and they can talk to you. But then there's others that it's like, they call it residual. So it's kind of like just being replayed over and over. Right. Like they're just doing their, maybe the last thing they were doing before they died or something. It's almost like it's not a real, it's not like someone's present with you, but it's like a memory on repeat or something. So it's right. Maybe that was the residual haunting is these cannons going off. And yeah, that's the Castillo de San Marcos. So we have oh just gosh. a little, real quickly, gonna give my sources. Here I used hauntjaunts.net, ghostcitytours.com, ghostsandgravestones.com. And then the information that I found out about Andrew Ransom came from this website, this lady, Cindy Valor, who I guess researches pirates. I don't know. Oh. That was kind of a cool thing there were other pirates on there that you could read about too and uh that was it was pretty interesting reading about the pirates i do remember the one ghost tour that i went on we went through this they had like a museum that you stop through too Mm -hmm. like part of the tour you pay for this one package and they take you to several sites and they have a reenactment of andrew ransom's execution and it's uh it's it's actually really cool (laughs) Like, I mean, it's kind of cheesy. I feel like there's like a, a one of those like, what do you call them, animatronic things of oh, like wow. of like the executioner, and then maybe or or Andrew Ranson. One of them is a real person, and one of them is an animatronic, and it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty great for just two real people. <laughs> I don't know why Not in the budget stays <laughs> there. I don't know, and I <laughs> I'm not really sure, but I just remember there being an animatronic and being like. Well, this is fun and it is cool. You know, it's just kind of like that cheesy tourist. Yeah, I love it. Um, We also went to, in St. Augustine, they have the old city jail that's there. And I I took some pictures in there. It was, that was kind of creepy. And I had downloaded this, like, ghost hunting app thing to my phone. Uh So it was like one of those things where it, like, gives you words. Yes. It's not like the ghost box, but what do they call it? I think it's called like an ovulus or something. So it'll just be like, it'll just feed you words. And I feel uh-huh. like it said something like cold and then bars and stuff like that. It was, it was, Ooh. 
it was actually like pertinent to what was going on. Right, yeah. And like it seemed like it was picking up on things that were actually there. So I don't know how that works or if it's real or anything. But yeah, that, that, was, that was my experience with going on the ghost tour there. I love it. Yeah, so that's the Castillo de San Marcos. I hope you enjoyed our little tour. I did. I really did. Thank you. May I hit up the gift shop on the way out? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I'd buy there. I was trying to think of something funny to say, but I got nothing. <laughs> I don't even remember what they have. I do know that they have a gift shop, but I don't remember what's there. Because I feel like, you know how some, you go some places and you're like, the gift shop is the most exciting part of the, yep, right. of the place? This is not one of those. Not places. so. So <laughs> I don't remember what they have. That is amazing. Yeah, so what do you got for me today? Um, I've got you a little something, something. So I do. I've got you a little something, something. Um, so I am going to hit you up with a quality story today. Have you heard of the Titanic? Well, obviously I've heard of the Titanic. <laughs> no, never heard of it. Never heard of it. Okay, so this- what is that? <laughs> never heard of it. So this is pretty wild. Actually, I love this story because to me, it actually holds a little bit of ground. I mean, I think. I think you have to make, you know, calls for yourself, but I really do keep an open mind. You have to keep an open mind, but I mean, you know, crazier things have happened. So I'm going to give you a little background of the Titanic and then I'm going to like kind of walk you through what happened and then we'll, and then I'll kind of get into what the conspiracy is as far as like what, cause no one is saying that there was not a big boat in the water that sunk. Like that's not, that's not the conspiracy um that i'm talking about today but in 1902 there was a company called white star line and so it was bought by uh jp morgan a couple other guys but jp morgan's kind of our our big or heavy hitter today yes 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 and i don't know if you've ever heard but he's like kind of a shady guy i guess and has um there's just just, a lot of just say though that most of these guys were shady guys 100 (laughs) percent. he doesn't have the market on that shadiness for sure But they were like they they were just shady and um I don't know their money was everything you know money was everything and so they owned a couple different ships they owned uh, the Olympic and the Titanic which are the two that we're gonna focus on today but uh, they didn't own other ships too so uh, September twentieth nineteen eleven so huh they had a whole fleet of ships if you will they had a whole they had a whole fleet. They had a whole fleet of ships. I really wanted to say the word fleet. I'm sorry. I, I, really like I don't even know. I feel like I want to say it too now. I'm going to work it into this. Hold on. <laughs> so in September 20th in 1911, uh, so, you know, a little bit about a year before the Titanic took its maiden voyage, the Olympic, so its sister ship, collided with the HMS Hawk. And that was like a British cruise liner. And it was really little. So the Olympic was 45 what 45 so many uh 45,000 tons and the the little U- the hawk the HMS hawk was like 7500 so we're talking you know big huge ship little uh little tiny cruise liner so the hawk almost sunk there on the spot when they collided but it was able to make it back but it did actually give some damage to the olympic as well so the olympic didn't sink but it did make it back to southampton england and that is where it stayed because they could not afford to fix it right away. I, well, I wrote I in my notes. Sense. Huh? I guess that makes sense. A giant boat with lots of damage, you might not have the money to fix it right away. Yeah. Well, and it said, this is what I kind of found out too. It said that um, the insurance company said that the Olympic was at fault. So they had to pay for it. 
there was no insurance payout. And I, I put in my notes, the repairs were costly and the white star line was already sinking in debt. <laughs> Please don't judge me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they were already in debt and so they didn't have the money to fix it. So that's kind of where you're the kind of the wheels start turning a little bit. Like we have this huge ship. It does. It, it, it can't, we can't like take it out to sea for full on trips because it has so much damage to it, but we don't can't afford to fix it. And the insurance co- company isn't paying out because it was our fault. So take, put, take that in a little box and put that in your mind. But then I'm going to kind of tell you about what, thank you. You got it in there. Shove it in there. Good. In, <laughs> and now I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Titanic and then we'll go, you'll, we'll kind you know, we'll kind of circle back around to that. So, you know, the Titanic, obviously, Leo, Kate Winslet. That was a good movie. That was a good movie. <laughs> I mean, I saw it three times in the theater. <laughs> I have no words. It was, I think it was like the first CD I ever bought with my own money was the soundtrack, soundtrack. which was all Lisa. instrumental, I think, except for the one Celine Dion yeah. song. My heart will go on. James Horner, the composer. That sounds right. So, that was, it was a good score. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. Um, we don't need to get into we're not a movie <laughs> review podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to start reviewing a music like that. I don't even know. Well, it was it was all right, you know, when you're that young. So in April 11th, 1912, Titanic set off. And uh, at first, all everything was fine, whatever. And you know, the whole big, oh, God himself cannot sink this ship, all that. Oh, it's its maiden voyage. It was beautiful. Top line of everything. So on April 14th, so a couple days after they had gotten going, uh, at 1140 p.m., uh, the lookout uh, saw an iceberg coming. And he went, iceberg ahead, iceberg ahead. You remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so William Murdoch, the captain, he ordered the ship to be steered away and stop the engine. But by the time that he had found out about it, it was too late. The starboard side of the Titanic struck the iceberg. And instead of denting it, it boom, 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 boom. Every time I think about it, I think about that in the movie when the guy's like, and that iceberg's just flying by. Putting holes in that like Morris code. Do, do, do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there is, there's a whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of holes in it. And so there were uh, the, the watertight compartments in the bottom of the ship started filling up. Uh, soon it became clear that they were not going to survive this and that this was going to sink. So the Titanic began sinking, uh, water filled into the compartments and uh, the angle became steeper. We all know, you know, we've seen the movie. It's like, you know, and then it sh- sh- yeah. So those, um, I liked your sound effects. They were thank good. you. That was, I've been practicing those all day. <laughs> um, that's not true. Um, so the Titanic, they weren't really prepared and, you know, there's tons of talk about how, like at the time they were, they thought like this can't sink. So they had no plans to have enough lifeboats. Like there were not enough lifeboats for everybody. They only had enough lifeboats for the passengers and, or for how about half of the passengers. And, um, like now they're saying that maybe it couldn't even been a half. It was like maybe a third with all the, the crew and everything. It was just like. And it wasn't even that they didn't have room. It was like they were, they didn't want people to look at them or whatever. They like, they, oh yeah, these are ugly. We don't want right. them out here because this is a luxury crew. Right. Blah, blah, blah. 
that's just I don't know. I feel like if I'm gonna go on a cruise, I have been on exactly one cruise. Oh, and I'm like, I like to see the lifeboat because then that way I know we're going down. I have a way out of here. That is so funny. And that's like the first thing they do now when you get on the cruise before you even really leave the dock. Everybody goes to the deck, and there's like a safety officer, and they tell you. This is your life jacket. This is how you operate it. This is how many people go in a boat. This is what happens if we lower the boats into the water. And you have to like get in the boat and decide where you're going to be. And it's just like they give you the whole rundown. So that way, in case the ship does sink, you know what to do. Yeah. Well, and that's why I feel, I mean, I have no proof of this other than just the history of our, of our world. (laughs) But like, to me, it seems like back in the day, people who had money and had could afford to like be on this boat, especially in like the first class, they had a feeling that like nothing can happen to me because I have money, you yeah. know. And um, it said too like they hadn't even trained the staff on how to use these lifeboats, even if they had had enough, they didn't even trained them. So uh, even when they were putting like the first class citizens on the um, boat you know the third class citizens were left to fend for themselves and then in large print i put sounds like america to me (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) right (laughs) this is not the first or the last time this has happened um so you know like a lot of people you remember the movie there was like the one guy he was like kind of like rough and tumble not bad looking and he was like stuck behind the bars you know and they just like left him there um so they did a long time since i've seen the movie yeah i don't know i can think of remember it a man makes his own luck billy zane Titanic. (laughs) that's so funny because it's so true though okay we could talk about the office seriously for years because it's amazing um we should do another podcast that's just us talking about the office (laughs) can we please do that my sister uh in vegas actually sent me a link the other day of and there's a podcast that pam and -hmm. angela do did you know that yeah, office ladies. I yeah, she to, sent me the like, link. The I haven't listened to it yet, though. I haven't, but I haven't. I'm not like caught up. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So they did say that they did kind of do the women and children first protocol. So mostly male passengers and crew were left behind. Uh, so at least they did that. You know, like yeah. On the one hand, they made a lot of mistakes, but at least they were like women and children first. <laughs> like we really fucked this up. You know what? Let's get these kids off the ship super fast give them a fighting chance right oh my gosh it just doesn't make any sense to me well and then you'll see when i kind of get to the actual thought of it and like the the conspiracy of it you'll kind of get like how to me the pieces fall into place of how this was was not all it the, the meets the eye you know there's more than just meets the eye so anyway so they did you know the titanic did end up sinking and the bow went underwater and that's about 2.20, I think, in the morning. And for many years, people thought that it sank in one piece. But then uh, when they located the wreck, they realized it had broken off into two. So, of course, the people who did, even if you made it, like, in, you know, when the ship sunk, you were just kind of, like, in the water. Uh, it was 28 degrees. It was freezing. You remember Rose on that damn table or There's door. room on that door. <laughs> There are 55,000 ways both of them could have fit on that door. That's all I'm going to say. So, you know, hypothermia, cardiac arrest because of the cold water. Uh, most people died in like 15, 30 minutes. 
only a handful handful of people were on the boats. And then too, I did read somewhere where it said uh, that people were like, even if like if you and I are on the boat and we see somebody else in there in the water, my in my mind, I'm like, okay, we got to get this person into the boat. But people didn't think like that because they thought maybe like, well, if we get too many people on this boat, it'll sink and stuff, yeah. you know. So there was just a lot of tragedy and a lot of de- death, you know, down there. People don't think clearly when their lives. They are- do not. They do not. Um, and so there were uh, distress signals out, sent out rockets, but no ship uh, responded by the time it had sank. Um, and uh, they did. They did get a hold. They said the radio operator on radio operator on Burma. It was like a ship around there. Said they couldn't get there until like six a.m. Burma, like the country. Uh, B i r m a. Is that like the country? No, that's B u r, right? Yeah, B u r. Um. So. Uh, the SS Californian is the one that uh, is believed to have the last contact with them. Uh, the, they sent flares, but I guess the guy was asleep at the wheel or some crazy shit. Yeah, he didn't see it. But, and I will say in here, and I this isn't the right time for this, but I will say it. The Californian, the rumor is that it was empty. That they didn't, it was supposed to be like this thing carrying uh, freight, you know, but it was completely empty. They're empty. There was just blankets and sweaters. Why, though? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and like I said, I, I said it couldn't, like, you couldn't confirm it, but that rumor has it. Um, so, about 710 people survived. About 1,500 lost their lives. Um, so, okay. Super sad. There were, like, so, just trying to do math in my head, there were, like, 2,200 people on this boat. Yeah, I think with I think with I just almost said with cast and crew. I've been watching too much Hamilton. <laughs> um, with with everybody, you know, the crew and the people. I think it was like three thousand, maybe. Um, and only seven hundred people survived. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, it is really sad, especially when you look at now, and it could have been avoided. You know, like I mean, not saying nobody would have died, but if you would have had enough lifeboats and trained them properly to use them, yeah. you know. You have saved just some like, life you know, the sure. basic precautions. Right. Like, why is that so hard? Um, it is important to know. So the um they were conveyed to a the Carpathia uh is another ship that, that did pick up the people who were still alive in the boats. Um, and they described that the place was like iceberg alley, essentially. Like, why are you taking your ship in there if this is iceberg alley? Doesn't make so, much sense to me. Whenever you give something a moniker of whatever alley you know that there's a lot of it there because right. it makes me think of when you in, are in florida and you go down to if you're trying right. to go to key west and you have to yeah. go through the everglades there's alligator alley yeah that stretch of yeah. and it just means hey there's a shit ton of alligators here you better watch out because sometimes they come out into the road right so let me ask you a question if I, if you know a place is called Alligator Alley, are you going to put a whole bunch of raw chicken on your back and take a job? Oh. No, you're not. Because it's Alligator Alley. It does not make any sense to me. I really don't understand at all. It just I feel like there's better ways of, you know, maybe not taking your boat through waters that you know have a shit ton of icebergs. You know, it just goes to show you, in my opinion, and I could be off base, I have nothing to prove other than just my thought, is that I think back in the day, and people still think this today, it's just, I think maybe more people are opening their eyes. The golden rule, whoever has the gold makes the rules, you know, and whoever thinks that they have the money or they have the power are the ones that are going to, they think they're invincible. invincible. 
Yeah, and it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, I'm going to share my screen to show you. Oh, yes, please do. Um, so let's see here. So can you still see? Okay, so can you right see now this? I'm looking at your face, but if you, show, if you share your screen, it should be able to. Can you see my face still, or can you see what I have? I see your face. So you clicked on share screen. I did. And then you click what you want to share. Oh, it says host disabled participant screen sharing. Oh. Did you do that? I didn't. I'm not on purpose. I don't know how to okay. fix it, though. <laughs> well, just, is, is there a share screen on yours? There is a share screen on mine, but I'm trying to see. Let me see. Oh, wait. Hang on. It's, I have, it's asking me for permission. I have to grant permission. Sorry. Okay. No, you're cool. What is the picture you're trying to show me? Can so you it was just on your phone or something? No, it's just the um, it's the picture of what the Olympic and Titanic look like and how similar they look. Okay. So um, if you were to see them, you would see they both have like the four huge pillar thingies, you know, like the smokestack thingies on top. The bottom is black, and then there's like the white parts with the windows, you know. Um, I do remember actually looking at this when you were. Yeah, I think I showed it to you on my phone last time. Yeah, so you, so. you know what I'm saying? Like it's very very different than um or they look very much alike as opposed yeah, it's to very similar yeah the, the both side by side almost look identical it's hard correct to... well that's interesting that you say that bff because so what's the conspiracy so the conspiracy was simple um they were going to switch the ships so they had so a... said in, up top that the olympic was the one that had the collision with the other boat and had damage correct. And instead of fixing it, they left it in the harbor because the insurance decided that they needed to pay for it themselves, right? Right. Okay. So they they decided that they would do that because then how then they could um so what the plan was is they were gonna switch the ships. So they were gonna take the Olympic and they were going to go um make the Olympic look like the Titanic, take it out to sea, have it sink because obviously it's not able to go very far and then get the insurance money. So I have a question. Wait on me. Was the Olympic in when it, after it was damaged, was it still able to sail? It was able to, from what I, from what I read repairs in order to send it out or if they were switching it with the Titanic, it would have to be seaworthy. Right. Right. I think what that, what I found from what I read is that it was, um, it was enough where you they could get by by doing um, they could get by like taking it out to sea, but it couldn't probably make the huge voyage that the Titanic was set to make. If that makes sense. So they knew if they did this that oh it, yeah they wanted it to sink, so it didn't really matter if it could make it the whole way or not. right because that was the that's what they wanted. And I brought it up on my phone. I don't know if you can. See? Okay, yeah, I can see that now. The smokestacks, especially, correct, look Which similar. And I remember you showing me a close-up of the windows. Windows, yeah. Like, also were, like, really similar. Which I guess makes sense. They're in the same line of ships. Right. They look a lot alike. And, um, you know, to me, the concept of it is not crazy. You know, no. I mean, that's a pretty... I mean, people try to do that all the time. Sometimes they like, get caught, sometimes they don't that's why like you hear people taking insurance out on a on a boat or a car or whatever and then you know crashing it on purpose to get right. the money or whatever 
and then they're in the house and then their house catches on fire uh-huh yeah it, 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 is a big thing like right back in, and it apparently it used to be huge back in the day too like maybe even bigger than it is now you know people yes i feel stuff. like records weren't as well kept we didn't and have that's another thing that makes stuff. this story interesting to me or not interesting well it doesn't make it interesting but that makes it plausible to me is because this is a time before cell phones before instagram before snapchat you know um i don't know things were just maybe yeah, a little easier to pull onto this. this boat and taking pictures of it and right, right. Yeah. to their profile can you imagine though like the titanic setting off today and all Seriously. like the girls in their period dresses and like taking pictures be like Titanic life, the Titanic life. Fingers and you know taking selfies. <laughs> it's insane. Like it would have been a totally different story. Yeah. Um. So that was the plan. They were gonna sw- uh, switch the ships, and then they say like the people who owned the White Star Line, so J.P. Morgan. Uh, the last names of the other guys were Ismay, Pierre, and Andrews. Like they would be the ones that would be the only the ones that knew about this, and. It says if you look at the ships, they're sitting next to each other. If there were no nameplates on them, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. So as soon as they kind of did that and set that in motion, um, they started doing the cosmetic things that made the Olympic look like the Titanic. So one of the things was uh, the Olympic had tile floor and the Titanic had carpet. So in this conspiracy, they went in and they put all carpet on the floor. Well, you know, you know, as well as I do, if you have a floor and it's tile and you put carpet over it, it looks new. Yeah. You know, because it's you wouldn't even have to remove it. You could just put it right over it. Right. All the time in houses, you go in these houses that are built, you know, a long time ago and they pull up the carpet and there's like beautiful hardwood or tile. Oh my gosh. Right. No, it makes me so mad. I'm like, why would you cover that up with this ugly carpet? Seriously, it's like, oh my goodness, I love, I love hardwood floors. I'd much rather have hardwood floors than carpet. Um, and you know, so they changed things out to like, uh, this, this little, this article that I read. Um, one of the articles I read it said they took out the cabins from the actual Titanic and put them in the Olympic, um, to make it look believable. So there maybe was, you know, like, oh, there's this stair, not staircase, perhaps, but like oh, there's this section of the deck. They actually took that out of the Titanic and put it into the Olympic. So, you know, that was the thought that they did. Now, this I thought was interesting too, and it's kind of like you got to follow what happened. So they said that the Olympic in 1913, so this is after the Titanic sunk, they said that they went back to the Olympic and changed some, some things around to make it look like the Titanic. So, okay. Why, though? Why do you want to make why your new boat that you, if you want people to come on it, why are you like, oh, we changed some stuff around to look like this other boat that sank? Exactly. So it's like, you know, if I have the, if I have this boat and I'm like, you know what? Okay, we're going to pretend this Olympic is the Titanic. We send out the Olympic, but we go, oh, this is the Titanic. We're sending it out and it sinks. Then we have the real Titanic back here. I'm going to go, oh, no, this is the Olympic. But, like, we did some stuff to make it look like the Titanic. Don't ask why. <laughs> Don't ask why. Just the less you know, the better. Right. That, I mean, that does seem a little shady because you would think 
if you wanted to reassure people, like I'm assuming that the the Olympic made more voyages after right. this, you would want to be like, hey, this boat is nothing like the Titanic, which sank. Obviously, this boat is much better. It's way safer. It doesn't look anything like that boat. For instance, it has tile instead of carpet. And like, right, like you guys are crazy. Stuff, you know? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Would be like, hey, so we made this one look more like the boat that sank. <laughs> but don't worry, you're fine. It's great. It's great, and it's true. Like you know, when you think about too nowadays with the technology, this would never be able to happen. You know, but back in the day, you didn't have you know, a cell phone to take a picture of, oh, look, they're fucking with that new ship's uh, floor and they're putting in something. It just didn't happen, you know? Yeah, no, um, one's, no one's sitting around while the ship is being worked on going, hey, why are you doing this? Right, exactly. Or if they do, they take a long walk off the short pier and they're never That they do. <laughs> and I think there were probably a few people, a few workers that did that as well. And well, I'll get to one of the people that, that on his deathbed said that it was switched. And I don't know how you feel about deathbed confessions. I don't know where you're at with that. If you think that's a thing. They're my favorite thing in the world. So I just don't like, no, I I get what you say because like sometimes people like confess weird things on their deathbed. Right. I think some of that can be chalked up to like, well, you maybe aren't thinking clearly if you're not long for this world. But at the same time, it also, if you have lived a life where you've lied a lot, it's your last chance to be honest. Yeah, to come clean. You know? So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I, I, I don't know. This, well, I, you can be the judge. So another thing that they talked about that was a difference between the two ships were their windows. Uh, the Titanic had 14 evenly spaced portholes. But then um, on the maiden voyage, but then when you see it here pictured, and I'll show you the picture, there were there it, like the windows on the Titanic are evenly spaced. The windows on the Olympic are unevenly spaced. And I'm going to show you, hopefully, if I can. So if you can see, the Olympics up top, and then the Titanic. Oh, yeah. See so how I like see, I see. Yeah, I can kind of see how it's more. Oh my God, what is that word that I'm looking for? It, but I can see how it's like more together and the other one is a little more asymmetrical right so you know this is this is like not not the only thing in that theory um now there are people that have uh built the titanic in the shipyard who have come out and said that they were swapped and they were like the white star line told them that if they told anyone it would be the last job they ever had and some people they were told oh you'll spend 20 years plus in prison and like once again you know this is before employment attorneys and you know stuff like that it's like when you know the job who are doing these kind of jobs where it's like hard labor and stuff like that they're either poor or they're immigrants or they're trying to hold on to their job so if people up top are saying hey don't talk about this they're not going to talk about it because they don't want to risk you know their own job and money their only source of income yeah, you know, JP Morgan is telling you, hey, you know, I know everybody in this business. If you open your mouth, you're going to go to 20 prison for 20 years. Your family's all going to die of starvation. And then when you do get out of prison, you're never going to work again. Because like they, they still do that today. It's like, hey, yeah. we know your one family member's undocumented. So if you say anything about that, they're going to be deported. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you know, it happens. And it doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't shock me that if it, if this is real, 
that people have kept it quiet. That doesn't surprise me, I guess I should say. So there was a guy named Patty Fenton told his fellow seamen <laughs> on the, they were, I had to do it. I'm so It's sorry. never not funny. It isn't. I'm a total well, having a, I, this, this is an aside, and I want you to finish, obviously, because you're telling your story. <laughs> but where I live, uh-huh. there's a there's a road called Seamen, like you know, sea, like oh yeah, uh, people who work on the sea, Seamen. And there's another road called Cummings. Oh, stop! And they intersect. Of course, they do. So there is a street sign that says um, you're on the corner of Seamen and Cummings. That is hilarious. And I have walked by there a few times, but I, one time I saw people taking a picture and then another time there were, there was a lady who was rambling in Spanish and the only word that I, the only words that I could understand were semen and coming. That is amazing. <laughs> I wish I would have taken so you there now because it's, I would have um, seen the picture. pretty great. That is hilarious. But please continue. I'm sorry. That, that is so funny. I'm so glad. I knew, I think you told me that before, but I completely forgot. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, this guy, uh, Patty Fenton, he was one of the people that said he worked there and that he was um, told that you, that it, what he said was it was the official secrets act and that you would, if they so told, the for it. yeah, right. Like who came up with that? <laughs> That sounds like something that the government. That sounds like okay, but that sounds like something a kid would be like. This is oh, the official secret. This, yeah, and yeah you don't even want to know how long it took to make this thing. <laughs> and so anyway, on his deathbed, he said that um, he, you know, they told him if you ever say this again, you're gonna get 20 years in jail. You'll never get a job when you get out. What's this guy's name again? Patty Fenton. Sounds like a nice Irish. Dude. Sounds like a nice Irish lad just out there trying to make a buck. <laughs> Now I do think this is interesting to note too, and I I can't say that this to me this ad, to me this adds up like in the column of this really happened, but this apparently used to happen all the time. J.P. Morgan uh was set to to sail on this on the Titanic, mm-hmm. and uh, he canceled his flight at the last minute because uh, he said he was sick, and then um apparently it was rumored that two days later he was like perfectly fine, spotted in France. And then uh, another guy who owned White Star Lines, Ismay, he was set to go, but he had to cancel because his wife was sick. But then all of a sudden they saw him a couple days later too, and his wife seemed fine. So I do know that happened a lot back in the day that people would, like, you know, they would have their ticket if they were like high up in that company, but then they would cancel last minute. But man, you'd think that they would want to take that trip because it was like, the it was big an important trip off, yeah. Um, if you had a lot of money invested in this, I right? Feel like you'd be like, want to go, right? You think, right? Into that, that is suspicious because it's both of them. It is suspicious, and um, two to me, it's like so they didn't go and they were spotted and they were fine. They weren't sick or anything. Once again. If people had cell phones, they'd be like, oh, this is so-and-so. He owns White Star Lines and he's out here having wife wine with his wife. And then, you know, that could come back to go, well, you, you know, you claimed you didn't go because she was sick. But back in the day, you know, you yeah. didn't have that. So who knew? I think that's a pretty interesting concept. Like I said, not to say for sure that that's a, you know, little notch in the old it happened box, but I'm going to put a, I'm going to put another notch in there because I think that's hundred um, percent. I think it's really true. interesting too, because I know like James Cameron before he made Titanic, uh-huh. I feel like they did several dives to like look at the wreckage. 
Uh-huh. I think there's a documentary about this. I don't remember what it's called, but I know that they went down and looked at it. I know you can't like send a, I don't think you can send a human diver just because it's so deep and it's so cold, but uh-huh. I think it's a submersible Ooh. down there and looked at it. Right. Anyway, I just think it would be really interesting if you could bring up some of the pieces of like identifying material. That would be really interesting. Well, and then this is interesting that you say that because one of the next things that they say is that there was actually a, um, so when the Olympic, the Olympic, you know, was taken out of service in 1935, uh, they stripped it down and part of the wood paneling went to a, a hotel, White Swan Hotel in the UK. And the paneling has the number 401 on the frame like of the paneling from the olympic but the 4 401 was actually the titanic's number 400 was the olympics that's interesting yeah so do with that what you will can you go to this hotel still and look at the paneling that i don't know that's a good question though that's a really good question um i don't know not that in my notes but that's a good question bring up another aside but yes i love your asides <laughs> go that to was like real creepy also did go to the titanic museum in branson missouri who did ghost adventures oh, have you seen this episode so they go to the titanic museum in branson missouri and there uh-huh. is there's actual stuff from the titanic in this museum uh-huh. and one it was like super haunted but there were like a lot of kid ghosts which was interesting but I kind of wonder if you go and look, especially with this in your mind of like, was this actually the Olympics? Right. If there'd be anything there that could corroborate the theory. Because they do have actual things from the Titanic Ooh, in I this museum. It. It's in Branson, Missouri. We should go sometime. I'm down to clown. I, I would love to see that. Is like a road trip of the United States of all these places that we talked about on the podcast. I would I feel love like that. I know this is, well, one, this is episode one, but two, <laughs> I don't even day, care. But we have a bunch of episodes. We can have a list and then we can just take this road trip and go visit all these places. You like, can count me in for that. That's amazing. I would love that. I love road trips. You know, I love road trips. Titanic too. And I think that the fact that this museum exists, which by the way, the museum itself is a replica, like a licensed Stop. replica of the Titanic. <gasps> Are you serious? Sitting in Missouri. And you like walk up and it's, it's a, it's a ship. Like you, they showed it on the, you have to watch this episode. That's amazing. Because, because one, there's a lot of stuff from the Titanic on there, but two, they get all these ghost evidence of like kid ghosts. And then uh-huh. they go to this toy museum that's also in Missouri. Cause they're like, we're going to buy some toys and leave it for the kid ghosts. Oh, that's and nice. And that comes up against the lady who owns the toy museum trying to buy stuff from her and instead of buying stuff from the gift shop he wants to buy some of her actual stuff that's part of the museum and she is just like hardballing him every which way that's amazing so funny (laughs) oh i i would love to see that well you know you know that they have in kentucky we took our mom there um a couple months ago they have the ark encounter which is a replica of the ark you walk up it's like the size of the ark it is insane and now that I know they have a Titanic one, I want to go ASAP. That sounds amazing. I think we should go sometime. Yeah, but no. you and me, don't go with anyone else. No, I would never. I would never. I wouldn't even think about it. 
Um, so I'm going to show you, I'm going to put this up now. So this is um, an interesting thing I found. And this to me seals the deal. It really does. I don't know how you're going to feel. But the first, so it's a line of five little picture thingies. The first picture is a photo of the Titanic down under the sea. Under the sea, under the sea. Okay. Let's stop right there because we can't pay for any more of this. I'm sorry. That was just a joke. If you do under 30 seconds, it's fine. But like, oh, is that really what the rule is? I'm really glad I that you. Think, I'm not actually really sure, but I feel like I've heard people sing on podcasts before, and it's fine. Well, I feel like I'm so glad you know these things because I do not know these things. Um. Okay. So then the picture under it is just kind of enhanced, like because you know obviously it's underground and it's got all that nasty stuff on it. Now the next one underneath it shows it without all of the um you know the mold and all what not mold but stuff and then algae and then beneath it is a picture of the olympic that section of uh the portholes and then the one on the, underneath it is the one of the titanic now you tell me okay so which one is the one on top is so oh, very, the very one top is the picture of the under titanic. the sea of the titanic yeah. The second one underneath it is, it's the same picture. It's just, they've taken it away from that color of it being underwater and have made it black and white. And then the one on the bottom is the Olympic. Then the, no, then the next one, the middle one is, um, it's the same picture. It's just, they've taken away the algae and all those drop painting. Yeah. And then the bottom two, out of the bottom two, the top one is the Olympic. And the then bottom. the bottom one is the Titanic. It definitely looks a lot more like the, the bottom one. Right? Wait, yeah. so they're saying oh. No no no. Look at the so look at the Oh no no no, no, no. wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. it looks like the Olympic. Yeah. It's deeper. Yeah. The windows yep. themselves are, are Yep, deeper. the windows are deeper and it's like the windows the windows here are deeper, but then also the little portholes are deeper. That's crazy. I'm just saying. The truth is out there. But it makes sense though. <laughs> It does. It's not crazy. Like, so I did put on here kind of like on the contrary, you know, they talk about like why this is not a thing. Uh, the cost is too expensive. It would have been too expensive to switch. I'm not a money person, okay. so I don't really know. But let's, let's give a scenario this way. You already have a ship. It's already damaged. So it's Correct. sitting in the port. It's waiting for people to fix it. Mm -hmm. You have to go in and do these repairs yourself anyway. And you have yep. to pay for them yourself because the insurance said they're not covering it. Right. So what's easier, fixing the ship to, you know, the top level of getting it ready to go sail again right. or doing some cursory aesthetic things to make it look like your other ship right? sending it out so you can get the money? Because that way they still got a whole other ship over here. Yep. Which is in tip-top ready to go, seaworthy. Mm -hmm. But then they can take this ship and be like, well, yeah. we're going to get money for this. If we just slap a few repairs on that aren't as expensive, yep. we can make this look like the other one and still get money for it. Right. We're just going to lose it anyway. Right. I mean, so if people we run in the numbers, I feel like that would be cheaper than fixing that ship completely so that it would be in tip-top shape again right into um people say remember when i told you at the very beginning of the story about the californian and how there were it was empty out there and there were blankets and sweaters yeah, which is weird. i think 
that well i don't think i'm not like the first person who's come up with this but um i agree with i've read a couple different places that people think the um california was there because they the jp morgan and them thought oh everybody will just throw a life jacket on um and then this ship's gonna be here and they'll we'll call them over they'll come right on over and they'll save all the people and yeah so they were thinking get them on this ship that was obviously not the way it went down that was like their ace in the hole kind of thing right like well the ship's just gonna be waiting there it's not gonna have any people on it it's not gonna have whatever and they right. go pick everybody up and save them. So it's not like we mm-hmm. won't lose that many lives. Yeah, they don't, they just, it, and then another thing is a lot of people say it's not realistic because it would have been too hard to keep under wraps. Agreed if it were now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not There's not people Facebook living in this shit. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not doing it. They're not, um, you know, looking and going, oh, you know, you know, and then too, there's this, like, so you and I go on this Titanic, let's say, and um, we go on, oh, this is the newest ship. And, you know, we get on the boat and it looks nice. And then we get off to, we get out one day out to sea and there's uh, like you and I are walking somewhere and we open up the, I don't know, open up the door and it's like old. It's not like I'm Instagramming that shit. Oh, they said this yeah. is a new a new. How would you even know? Right, that's true too. How would you even know? Right, the Olympic made one voyage before it got. Um, I um, I don't know if it had made a couple or if it was its maiden voyage. But still, it's a relatively new ship. You're not gonna. Yeah, it was a relatively new ship, but I don't think it was its first voyage. But even so, if you went in there and you get on a plane, say you're getting on a plane, you're on somewhere. Uh huh. They clean that so well. You're not gonna know unless it's like obvious that it's super old you know right and dead dead men tell no tales so even if you thought oh something's not right about this and you died well guess what your secret's in the bottom of the ocean that's true with leo (laughs) (laughs) and the necklace and the neck and the necklace um but anyway so that's the story of the titanic what do you think so okay i'm not saying that it's completely true because you know, whatever. But I don't, I wouldn't put it past them to, like, to switch the boats out and be like, oh yeah, this one's the Titanic, but really it was the Olympic. I'm like, who's gonna, who's gonna know? Who's gonna know if they had switched it out? This is what I think. And this is, people think I'm crazy. People think I'm nuts. People value money more than human life. I mean, that's and absolutely so- true. Look at what's going on right now. They tried to be like, hey, this virus isn't a big deal. It's not... Like, right. Like, like, think about the money, people. We yeah, like open the economy back up and get on our feet and people are dying left and right. Right. And it's like people see, people don't care. People care more about... A lot of people care more about money. Uh, JP Morgan just like is shady anyway. I'm, I'm buying it. I really do. I think this is legit. Especially if you're the one who has the money. You know, Whoever has the gold makes the rules. You're not going to care about little peons here and there correct you think you can you know and then too it's like think you do now like say you're like us you're you know you're you're like middle class lower middle class whatever right you're working for every dollar that you have correct you're like bleeding heart whatever i'll never be like that but in order to get to the top to make that money you gotta step on a few heads sometimes you gotta gotta get there and you're successful and you're making it You've 
probably made several choices now by this point, and it doesn't matter as much to you anymore. You'd rather hang on to that power and that wealth than remember where you were when you were down here and helping the little man. And all of a sudden it's like, well, do these people die or do I keep my money? You want to keep your money every time. It's like, you know, they say power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And it's true. And it's true. (laughs) You know, I I wish I could just tape that and freaking put you on the news because you are 100% (laughs) accurate. No, you're 100% right. It's like, but it is. It's true. Once you get yes. a taste of that life and that and that money, mm-hmm. you forget you about what it was like it. before where you came from. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter because you don't want to go back there. That's the other thing. Ooh, one of the things yeah, you're afraid right? of losing it. Because what if you, yep. if it comes out and you lose it all, maybe you've done something good for humanity. But in the long run, for your life, for the short years that you're here on Earth, mm-hmm. you've just lost everything that you worked for. Yeah. And, you know, like my sister and I talk about that a lot. Like when you see, um, like any, any high profile person like Bill Cosby or like, and not even in such a huge thing is like, uh, Tom Brady with the, the deflated footballs and stuff like that. You know, you see them and they, there's all this evidence that they've done it. And in my head, I'm like, why would you like, why would you put yourself in that position? You have so much. And then my sister's like, it's almost like it's a God complex. You know, like you don't think you're ever going to get busted. Yeah. You know, you just don't think that it's going to happen. So I really. place and you think you're invincible. Exactly. And, you know, is it true? I don't know. I I think like there's some salt to it. Over a hundred years ago. So I don't know. It's really hard to say. I would be interested to see if people go and do more like dives and get right actual titanic wreckage that's at the bottom of the sea maybe you could prove it or not but i don't think anything anyone's wanting to spend a lot of time or money on right find a nice chunk of the ship it's like one of those like name plates over that says titanic (laughs) you pull it up it's like olympic underneath yeah yeah i don't know it's pretty wild i i think think it's interesting interesting and it's it's believable that they Mm, yeah I think it has some. I think it has some stuff to it. I mean, is it uh, proven a hundred percent? No, but people love their money, and that's conspiracy theory, for you, man. You can't prove them, but sometimes they're believable, and yeah. you gotta you gotta make up your own mind about it. Yeah, you do. That's what you have to do. I'll be interested to see if people can comment on this. This when it nice goes out. No, though, like that. This is one of the things. Like, if you could go get some of the physical evidence, you could mm-hmm. prove it. You know what I mean? But yeah. It's like, it's at the bottom of the sea. It's really cold up there. It's, I'm not trying to get out in that water. I'm not going to go down and look. <laughs> not, a not a chance. I don't like big waters. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if, if yeah. uh, anything ever comes up about whether the porn yeah. is real. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're able to comment, tell us below what you think is going to happen. Yeah, so we can comment? set up uh, an email address for us to have. So people can yeah, because I would love to hear what other people think. We're gonna have, we'll be on several, um, we'll be on several platforms, but mm-hmm. I don't know where you can comment. Cool. Um, I'd have to get a like a if we were on YouTube, then you can definitely. Right. I don't think the public's ready for. My I don't face. have anything yet. We don't have we don't have any uh, social media handles. Right. Yet. But I'm gonna work on that. <laughs> get that right, on, right on. Yeah, and then you guys can tell us all what and you. Then think about you that. can give us your theories. <laughs> And whether you think this is true or full of shit, or if you have right. any, uh, you have any theories or whatever, right? Because that would be, uh, we'd love to hear from you. But, Absolutely uh, would. 
but just not right now because we don't have anything. Right, but right now, keep it to yourself. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, that's it for our first episode Yay. of Book and Gold. I think, uh, I think that's uh, a good one for the books. What do you think? Ooh. Yeah, I'm happy. I really like it. We also don't have a sign-off yet. I know some people um, have a sign-off, but maybe we'll um, that. I'll do this again, if that helps. Yeah, well, that doesn't help because it's video. And well, you're the worst. Um, <laughs> but for anyone else, Leanne did the two-finger salute, which I also like. <laughs> this is Leanne signing off. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so we'll say goodbye. Oh, God, for this All right. Bye. Bye. You can contact us at our email address, which is boozingrulespod at gmail.com. Please email us. You can us. find us on Twitter at Booze and Ghouls or on Instagram at Booze and Ghouls Pod. 